You're listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. Hey guys, what's up? Hope that you are doing well. We are going to be doing something a little bit different this week. Uh, Instead of starting a new sermon series, what we're doing is we're going to walk through the core values of Faith Chapel, which are also the core values of young adults. Uh, At the beginning of the year, we walked through the mission and vision of young adults. You can go back and listen to that podcast if you'd like to, but here is the mission and vision statement that we make at young adults. It's this, is to be known, to know Jesus, and to make Jesus known. But what's also really important for us to understand is that we have core values that will be driving forces on us accomplishing that mission and vision. For us to be known, know Jesus, and make Jesus known, these are going to be six uh, fence posts or cornerstones or whatever you want to call them that will help us get to where we want to be. Uh, I love walking through this because I think it's really important that we understand that we are a part of a bigger church, that young adults isn't just a, a, a standalone thing where we're kind of fighting the battle ourselves, but that we are a part of a greater family and we love that family and we are on mission with that family. I think that it's really important um, for us to understand that young adults are uniquely positioned. And I, I know that I'm biased. I know that um, I I love this uh, specific group of people. And so I try not to be super biased, but I know that I am. But I also really, really, really believe I'm convicted by the fact that I think young adults are are probably the most uniquely positioned group of people to make an impact on the kingdom of God. And, and this is why I think that young adults have the ability to lead down, across, and up. And I want to I explain that a little bit before we jump into these core values. Um, I think young adults have a great impact on the generation that is coming behind us. Uh, we have, I get to hang out junior hires and high schoolers every single Wednesday night. And what I can tell you is that no matter how wild junior hires and high schoolers are, they look at the, the generation that's just before them, the, the crew that was just before them, and they have great respect and reverence probably isn't the right word, but just respect and adoration for people that are just a little bit further ahead than them. They, they were watching you. And when I see a young person look at a young adult who is living in accordance to the call that God has placed on their lives, it is so incredibly impactful. We can say words, we can preach messages, we can do all kinds of stuff, we can strategize, we can do all these different things. But what people want to see, what young people, young, young people, not just young adults, but like junior hires, high schoolers, even kids, they want to see people living it out. They want to see people walking the walk. And so young adults have a unique ability to just live like Jesus has asked them to live, to just do life well and watch the impact just explode. I would say that that is also true for peer-to-peer leadership. This age group, 18 to 30, is actually probably the most likely to be led by peers than any other age group that you are people who look across the aisle from you. You don't just look out in front of you for people in in front of you to lead you, but people who are in the same stage and age uh, want to be led by people in the same stage and age. And it's not always the exact same thing, but this is what's really interesting about young adults is that, so this this age uh, range that, that we minister to, 18 to 30, man, think about all of the different life circumstances 
one that just happened naturally between the ages of 18 and 30, but also like you have people who are in full-time positions doing like a career at 22. And then you have people who are like, I don't really know what I want to do yet at 29. And they're just, you know, a barista and living life and traveling and doing whatever you have people who have kids. Uh, you have people who are married, you have people who are single, you have people who don't have kids. Like there's just, there's so many things that happen in this decade or so of life. <clears throat> which is amazing because it creates a, a unique opportunity and unique environment for us to learn from one another. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we can lead not just down, but that we can be people who lead across. Thirdly, we have the opportunity to lead up. I think that there has been this lie that so many of us have bought into that we need to wait for the church to be handed to us. And I want to tell you today if you're a young adult, do not wait for the church to be handed to you. You are the church. You are 100% the church. You don't have to wait for the baton to be passed. It, you have to respect the people that have come before you, and we are going to learn and be mentored by people who have done life longer than us. But we are the church, so you need to be empowered to know that you don't have to wait to make an impact on the kingdom of God. So we can lead down, across, and up. And when I say we, I say we because I still want to be a young adult. Even though I'm just outside of that 18 to 30 range, I still truly, truly want to be in partnership and on the same team as you as you impact the kingdom of God. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk through the six core values of Faith Chapel. These are the six core values of Faith Chapel Young Adults as well. And I'm going to read the um, core value. And I'm going to read a little description that we've come up with as a staff to just kind of describe what we mean. And then we'll spend like two minutes on each one, just kind of talking about how it's going to apply to the community of young adults. And when I say the community of young adults, I mean, Tuesday nights at Faith Chapel, but I also mean you as someone who is engaged with the podcast or with our ministry, no matter where you live. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing that we live in 2022 and we have technology and we have people listening in, in so many different states around the country who may call Faith Chapel their home church because this is where they grew up and now they're, uh, they're, they've moved, they're in school somewhere else, whatever it may be, or people who have just found us um, through social media or some other means. So please know this is not just for Tuesday nights at seven o'clock. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, young adults, we, we are a community of people not restrained to a building or a meeting time. So this all kind of hinges on Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. If you call Faith Chapel your home church, um, Nate walked through all of this this last weekend, and uh, it's important that we understand that this, this passage that describes the early church should be something that we come back to on a regular basis. Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47, it says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Man, such a beautiful, beautiful image to think about the early church uh, being community, being family. So here are our core values. Number one, Jesus in everything. Jesus in everything. We are Jesus-centered, and you will find him in all we do. We're in awe of the amazing love of God, and we honor him with excellence in our worship, work, words, 
and character. So if you are new around the Faith Chapel Young Adult family, if, if you have been here for years, this is something that we want everybody to know on a weekly, daily, hourly basis is that every single thing that we do is rooted in the person of Jesus. That this isn't about a pastor. This isn't about a worship leader. This isn't even about a ministry. This is about Jesus. So when we prepare messages, when we set worship playlists, when we, we do set lists, when, when we create small groups, when we do events, whatever it may be, we want to make sure that Jesus is at the center of every single thing that we do. So this plays out in our community, but our, my hope in my prayer is that it plays out in my own life and that it plays out in your life as well, that this isn't just a corporate thing, but this is a intimate individual thing as well, that Jesus is at the center of everything that we do. Uh, I'm a John Mark Comer fanboy, and so I've talked about him several times in the last couple months as I've been preaching, Um, but I'm reading one of his books right now, and it's entitled Garden City, and he makes a statement uh, about a quarter of the way through the book that has really, really stuck with me the last week. It is this, is that we have bought into the lie that there is a secular and spiritual divide that there are parts of our life that are spiritual and parts of our life that are secular. And it's it's natural for us to look at things like that because if you're a bank teller or a barista, it's often hard to think about that part of your life being spiritual. But he makes the argument that if you were to go to Jesus or even to one of the apostles, like somebody in the early church and say, hey, tell me about your spiritual life, they would look at you and be like, what are you talking about my spiritual life? Everything about my life is spiritual. Everything that I do, I do unto the Lord. So as we talk about Jesus in everything, I hope that we see that in our day-to-day lives, in our in our interactions with our coworkers, with our friends, with our family, with students at the schools that we attend, whatever it may be, that we would say, like, no, there's not a secular spiritual divide. Everything that I do has a spiritual element to it. That doesn't mean that you have to be some weirdo who just talks about Jesus constantly, and people are like, dude, this guy cannot hold a conversation about, like, how their day was. But it does mean this, is that whether you are serving a drink or you are taking somebody's money at a bank, not robbing them, like you are working at the bank, just want to clarify that, or you are working construction, or you are a vocational pastor like I am, would we be people that determine that Jesus will be at the center of everything that we do, and we will do it to the best of our ability because we know that we can be an impact for the kingdom of God right where we are, and that spiritual things are not regulated to a building or a meeting time or a place, that Jesus is with us always, so we are always working in tandem with Jesus. Our second core value is this, we grow better together. We grow better together. We need each other to grow and make a difference in the world. We grow by gathering in circles, which would be small groups, and rows, which would mean big groups. So this is something that that we find really, really important is that we understand that following Jesus and even just doing life is not meant to, to be done alone. Jesus created us to be relational and we want to be relational beings. That's why when we talk about FC Young Adults, we always talk about family. We always talk about community. We always want people to feel like they belong to a community of people who are in pursuit of their creator. We grow better together. I love Tuesday nights at seven o'clock. 
I love it. I love corporate worship. I love teaching. I love being taught. I love being in the community in a, in a single environment. But what I know is that probably 90% of the most impactful moments of my spiritual walk and really my life have happened in smaller groups of people. That it's been around a dinner table, it's been in a small group, it's been in a book study, it's been doing something with people who I am in intimate relationship with who actually know my life. I think that there are huge, huge benefits to gathering as a collective. And I think that we've lost that. And I've been super guilty of this too, of saying like, well, hey, like the church isn't Tuesday nights at seven o'clock, but it is. It is a part of how we are supposed to follow Jesus is to be in community and to encourage one another. But we grow better together. So we are together on Tuesday nights, but that means that we can't just be together on Tuesday nights. We can be together on Wednesdays at noon and Saturdays at nine and every single time in between that we would be people who are doing life in tandem with one another because we do it better together. Okay, third, third core value is this, growing people change. We are a church where it's okay to not be okay. If you have come into our physical building at Faith Chapel, you will see that on our walls. You'll probably see all of these things on our wall, but it's okay to not be okay is in several places around the building because we so desperately want people to know that it's okay. this is a place where it's okay to not be okay. The rest of the description would say this. We believe God loves us where we are, yet his love compels us toward healing, authenticity, and wholeness. We are being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit from the inside out. So if you come to Faith Chapel and you've heard Nate preach, you've probably heard him say this. There's nothing worse than a mean Christian. And I cannot, I cannot agree with that more. And I've had times in my life where I have been the mean Christian. I am going to fully own that, that I have lost patience and I have been judgmental and I have been those things. But it's really, really crazy to watch somebody who's been following Jesus for longer than I've been alive. And they are just angry and they are bitter, and they are resentful, and they they hate the culture around them, and they hate people who don't believe what they believe. That is not the call on our lives. Our call is to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. And if we are angry, mean, resentful Christians, we have some work to do. What I love about Jesus is that he is a God of process. He's not expecting perfection, but he is expecting process. That as we walk out this life, we are today different than we were Yesterday, we've probably all heard the phrase, like, I'm not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I was. And that should be something that we look at every single day. That as a follower of Jesus, our hope is that we are a much more mature, more rooted follower of Jesus today than we were five years ago. And 20 years from now, I hope I'm a different husband and father and follower of Jesus than I am today. If I'm not, I'm not putting in the work. I'm not growing. I'm not changing. And if we are surrendered to Jesus I promise you the the fruit that we bear will be better tomorrow than it is today and so on and so forth. So growing people change. The fourth uh, core value is this. God is generous, so we are too. God is generous, so we are too. God gave everything, therefore we have nothing to lose. We have nothing and we trust him. I think it's really easy to look at this and think about the the financial aspect of this. And that is a part of this, that, that giving of our physical resources is something that we are called to do if we consider ourselves a disciple of Jesus. But there are ways for us to be generous that have absolutely nothing to do with money. Would we be people who are generous with our time, who are generous with our relationships, who are generous with our prayer? 
I think about this as I think about being generous is that um, my prayer life, if, if you were to do this, if you were to take your prayer life and you were to put it in a pie chart and you were to put that up on the wall and you were to look at the area of your prayer life that was about you and the area of your prayer life that was about others, what would it look like? And I think about my own and I'm like, oh man, that's not really a chart. That's just a, a circle that's one color that says it was about it's about me. But when we're being generous, would we be people who are even generous in our spiritual disciplines as we as we step into the presence of Jesus? Would we contend for the people around us who who we have these as we talk about like if we are if we are a healthy community, like we grow better together? That means that we are intimately involved in the lives of the people around us. We know the things that are happening in their lives. We know what's going on in their health and their relationships and in their financial struggles and their financial successes and, and their relational successes. All those things. Like we, we are privy to everything that is happening to, in their lives if, if we are in a good, healthy relationship. But that means we have things to pray for. That means that we get to step into the gap for people and we get to contend for them. We even get to contend for people that we have never met. But if we are going to be generous people, it can't just be our physical resources. Resources, It's also our spiritual resources. It's our time. It's our prayer. It's our, it's our conversation. It's our relationship that we would live generous lives, not just for what, what we have physically, but what we have spiritually and relationally as well. God is generous. So we are too. Core value number five is this found people, find people. We are passionate about people far from God, and we will never stop caring about those outside of the walls of the church. Uh, This is something that is very, very important. I think oftentimes what happens is that a group of people find Jesus, and they are excited about Jesus. And we gather, and we worship, and we listen to a message. These These are all good, really good things. <clears throat> but Tuesday nights uh, at seven o'clock in Billings, Montana is, is one hour in one place <clears throat> on one day. Excuse me. <clears throat> there are 23 hours plus six other days where we are outside of, of our physical community and we are interacting with the world around us. And there are so many people who do not know how much Jesus loves them. There are so many people who do not know the grace and the mercy of God. They don't know what it means to be in surrender to a creator who loves them dearly and who has something better for them. So if we consider ourselves followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, we have to understand that we have been found. And now we have to go find other people. And we are not their savior, but we can bring them in the pre- into the presence of Jesus and be a glimpse at what he is and stir their spirit towards wanting to know who Jesus is. If we consider ourselves found, we have to go find people that we will never, ever, ever be people who look at people inside the walls of a building as more important than the people on the outside. I've had conversations over the last seven years of doing this where people have said, well, this place isn't really for me on Tuesday nights. It's a, it's a challenging thing as a pastor because I want it to be something that is super engaging for somebody, whether they follow Jesus um, just like intimately and have been doing so for the rest for their entire lives or people who are just stepping in spiritually unresolved and questioning whether they even want to know anything about Jesus. Like I want Tuesday nights to be that. But I've had to look people in the eyes and say, listen, 
Like you already, you already know Jesus. Like you, you have your eternity is, is secured and you are walking in tandem with Jesus. You are living it out. My goal is to not just pat people on the back for surrendering their life to Jesus. I want to go find people who don't know Jesus yet and add to the number of the kingdom of heaven. Because I have people who I love so much who don't know Jesus. And you do too. So if you are a follower of Jesus like I am, found people, find people, found people, find people, found people, find people. We have to go be people who care desperately about the world around us. That we would engage with culture. That we would influence culture. That if, if you are a barista, you'd be the best barista that you can possibly be. If you, if you are a bank teller, you would be the best bank teller that you can possibly be in pursuit of Jesus and through that in pursuit of other people, that you are finding people to love, to serve. And that brings us to our last core value is this, is that saved people serve people. We are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. The church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. So this is this this goes like hand in hand with found people find people. That if we consider ourselves disciples of Jesus, if we consider ourselves followers of Jesus, we have to go serve the world. We are not sitting here in, in some inclusive, exclusive like. Or, sorry, we are inclusive. We are not exclusive. Like this is this is one of the things that happens so often in physical churches, is that people come and like, hey, I'm part of the crew. Like I'm a part of the group, and like. Then the outside world is like, well, I can't really like get in there. Like I can't, I'm not welcome there. Yes, you are. Tuesday nights, you're welcome. Sundays, you're welcome. Saturday nights, you're welcome. Like you are welcome in this church, but also in our friend groups, would we be people who are constantly serving people around us? That we would serve the world in just a radical way because our Savior did that. Scripture makes it really clear. Jesus not come to be served, but to serve. That means that we are people who are working in partnership with Jesus to serve the world around us, that people would look at the way that we love, the way that we lead, the way that, that, that we live our lives, and they'd be like, why are they so full of a servant heart and so full of love towards the people around them? Even people that vehemently disagree with them, that's okay. Disagree with me, hate me, I love you, I'm gonna serve you. I'm not gonna lose my convictions on what I believe, but I'm gonna serve you, and I'm gonna love you into the presence of Jesus. You see, saved people, that's what we are. We are a saved people. We have been redeemed and restored. We serve people. So the six core values that are going to be the driving forces that get us to the statement, be known, know Jesus, make Jesus known. These are the six core values. Jesus in everything. We grow better together. Growing people change. God is generous, so we are too. Found people, find people. Saved people, serve people. We don't have to necessarily bring like the, uh, some kind of index card and memorize it. And if you don't know the six core values of, of Faith Chapel, then it's like, oh, you can't be a part of the crew. That's the opposite of what we're doing. But these are anchors that we can tuck away. Say, in a moment of distress, in a moment of rela- relational anguish, in a moment of, of fear, whatever it may be, we would look at something like this and be like, okay, it's all good. Like This is really hard, but I'm going to put Jesus at the center of this. Hey, I'm frustrated, but God has called me for, to this. I'm found, so I'm going to find, and so on and so forth. So as we move forward, this is what we know. We don't do these things perfectly. We are a broken community full of broken people. But these, this is what we're in pursuit of, and we're in pursuit of this together. So we hope that you would join us and be a part of the community and be a part of the family as we pursue the hearts and minds of people for Jesus and Jesus alone. 
Thank you for listening to the FC Young Adult Podcast. If you are in the Billings area, we would love to see you at our in-person gatherings on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. If you're unable to attend in person, there are always ways to engage online. Follow along through Instagram at faithchapel.ya or find our ministry page at faithchapel.cc. You are loved.